All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. Professor Viterbo, Viterbo political science professor Keith Knudsen in studio with me. How's it going, Keith? Very good. Good evening to you, Rick. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, what do you want to talk about? The Badgers play tomorrow. I don't know if you want to I think to the know. Badgers are playing tonight, UW-Green Bay. Tonight? Oh, maybe it's tonight. Yeah, that's right. I did watch the game Sunday when they beat Marquette. That was a good game oh. for Wisconsin. Um, yeah, Kobe King. Yep. So Kobe. we'll spend the hour talking about Kobe King and maybe I think, Central I think I'm not so well prepared for that one, right? Oh, okay. Well, we can talk about other stuff. Did you watch the Democratic uh, presidential debate last night, or do I, you not? I did not, but I, I read about it today. Yeah. Do you do you find those interesting at all? Do you, I don't know if you watch any of them. Um, I, I don't. I don't have a television. I could do it on the on the computer, but uh, I'll listen to some of these things. Like I have the impeachment inquiry this week. Um, but I, uh, I did watch some of the impeachment inquiry on my computer. Um, but uh, listening, reading about it, uh, uh, the, the debates are um, uh, last night apparently was uh, pretty calm. Um, and uh, uh, the Democratic field is uh, getting a, li- uh, a little bit unsettled. Mayor Bloomberg, uh, Michael Bloomberg, former mayor of New York, uh, a, a billionaire, has now announced that he's going to get into the race. Deval Patrick, the former governor we call him of Massachusetts. Double, we call him Double B around here. Double B? Yeah, billionaire Bloomberg. Billionaire Bloomberg. Um, uh, an indication that uh, some of the Democrats are, uh, that, that is the, uh, the money people, the behind-the-scenes kind of people, are a little concerned. Uh, uh, will the center hold uh, behind Joe Biden? Or uh, Amy Klobuchar had a good debate last night, uh, as I read uh, her performance. Uh, she made um, a uh, ex-boyfriend joke. At yes, one point, yes, yes, she's raised a lot of money would, for ex-boyfriends. Uh, would would that go well if uh, Boudigé made an ex-boyfriend joke? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I guess that was a bad example. <laughs> um, I, and I think that's Buddha Judge the way. Buddha Judge? Oh, yes. is it? Yeah. Imagine that I mispronounced his name. Um, is is Bloomberg? So there was a story yesterday that Bloomberg is spending fifteen to twenty million dollars to get people registered to vote, and it's uh, up to like five hundred thousand people. That doesn't seem like very good bang for your buck there. 500,000? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, that's quite a few people to get to register. To for vote. $15 million? These are, you know, and I suppose his money hasn't run out yet. Uh, I'm not aware of this story, but uh, engaging in voter registration drives uh, takes some training. You've got to do it by the law, of course. Um, uh, and then you've got to get people out in the field uh, to engage in that. So, um uh, well, political scientists like to say money is the mother's milk of politics. Generally, that's for uh, for advertising, but uh, for uh, uh, anyone run, wanting to run for office, uh, there is a, a real uh, effort required to get on the ballot and, uh, of course, then to get out and meet people. So uh, this is a, uh, not an inexpensive project in uh, our society today. That is being a political candidate. Now we've had – have we had four or five days of impeachment – hearings I mean, I'm, um three this week one last week i think we've had four days and then one was a two a day um so it was kind of like they did a morning and an afternoon session. right uh, last night it went into the evening or was it the yeah. night before yesterday um, they did, i think they did two days no yeah. no uh, two I, days ago they did two days because yesterday they did the democratic debates as well i don't think they oh, did yeah they didn't do it it, it, uh, it was the night before sorry it's just uh, there's way too much stuff to to like Take in, don't you think? Or oh, uh, you know, I think yesterday current kind of uh, uh, brought this into clear focus. Um, uh, EU Ambassador Gordon Sondland, um, well as the uh, 
Watergate prosecutor Ken Starr, who uh, uh, made the case against Bill Clinton, uh, said on Fox News, uh, yesterday was a bombshell day. Um, uh, what Gordon Sondland had to say was very significant. You know, you know when somebody has something significant to say, you know that it's important when Trump does this about that person. He finally gets me. I don't know him very well. I have not spoken to him much. This is not a man I know well. Seems like a nice guy, though. But I don't know him well. He was with other candidates. He actually supported other candidates. Not me. Came in late. <laughs> so doesn't know him too well. Of course, that's, that, he does that a lot. Like, oh, this guy is a little too close to the fire. I don't know him that well. Well, one of, yeah, one of the surprising elements of the uh, testimony was uh, Gordon Sondland calling President Trump from a restaurant. And uh, one of the things we learned is the capital of Ukraine, uh, I've always pronounced it Kiev, and many of the uh, uh, diplomats, the, the, the people who uh, work in the country, uh, uh, pronounced it Kiev. So uh, that's a nice uh, tidbit for, out of this uh, exercise. And, uh, Us uh, dumb Americans are going to say Kiev, Keith. That's how we're going to do well, it. Well, we're always going to say chicken Kiev, of course, Rick. <laughs> um, uh, th- this call from uh, Ambassador Sondland from uh, Kiev um, uh, a direct uh, uh, cell phone call, uh, uh, insecure, and then uh, uh, one of the persons who works at the embassy uh, overheard the, the conversation. Uh, so I think uh, Mr. Sondland had a little more contact and the president had uh, a bit more knowledge of him than what he was just expressing mm-hmm. in the, uh, the tape you were playing. All right, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break for news. We'll come back. We'll talk about the impeachment inquiry. If you want to get in here, 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center, talk and text line. We'll be back with Keith Knudsen after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Keith Knudsen, Viterbo political science professor in studio with me. Uh, we're talking about the Trump. We're just going to get start getting into it now, the, the Trump impeachment inquiry, which is sort of wrapping up. Is that right? Uh, the Intelligence Committee's uh, inquiry uh, dealing with impeachment, uh, Adam Schiff gaveled it to a close uh, late this afternoon. Um, and now that committee will put together, let's call it a report. They'll send it on to the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, the Judiciary Committee will uh, uh, put together that evidence. And uh, within that committee, they will have a, a vote if there are articles of impeachment to be put together then that uh, Judiciary Committee would vote on whether to support articles of impeachment. If the committee votes for these articles, then it would go to the floor of the House of Representatives. There would be debate and then a vote. And if the House of Representatives, um, uh, in a majority, a simple majority vote, 50 percent plus one, votes uh, for any of these articles of impeachment, whatever they support, then... Uh, the head of the Judiciary Committee and some of the other uh, Democrats on the committee, since they're in the majority, uh, back in 99, it was the Republicans in the majority uh, the, who went to the Senate and uh, prosecuted uh, the case against President Clinton. It would be the Democrats in charge of the committee this time uh, going over to the Senate uh, where there would be a trial. And in order to convict a sitting president uh, of the impeachment charges, it requires a two-thirds vote in the Senate. Now, when you say that it's going to go to the House of Representatives, and there might be they might debate this. How how would that look when they debate it? Would that well, be public? That, sure, that would okay. be on, uh, that would probably be on C-SPAN, right? And uh, uh, there, uh, uh, the, the 
uh, of course, a lot of these committee hearings, the, the major networks can carry it as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they would want to get in on, on that action, let me call it. Uh, but uh, if, if, it, if the Judiciary Committee passes articles of impeachment, then there will be uh, a debate on the floor of the House of Representatives uh, and then a, a vote. Uh, the majority party gets to, once again, set the rules. This with, is the way the House of Representatives works. With this debate on the floor, I'm, what I'm thinking is, like, this is where I'm going to make my mark. I'm a, you know, Trump supporter. I'm, you know, Jim Hagedorn, Trump supporter in, you know, District 1 in Minnesota. <laughs> this is where I get to say my piece. You know, is that, I feel like it's going to be a dog and pony show a little bit. Do you think it could be that or not? Um, I, I, I would describe it as a debate, uh, how the individual members of the Congress uh, compose themselves in the debate. That's open to interpretation, but there will be rules um, uh, as to how long the debate will last, how many days, and then uh, how is it set up as we watched, if, if we did watch this impeachment inquiry. Uh, Adam Schiff, the chair of the committee, uh, gave an opening statement, and then there was a counsel to ask questions of the witnesses. Um, uh, then Devin Nunes, the ranking uh, Republican uh, member of the committee, got to uh, speak, and there was a, a, a counsel for the Republicans who could ask some questions. And after that, then they went uh, five-minute uh, questions yep. for a Democrat, then to a Republican. There are more Democrats on the committee because they have more members the majority, of the yeah. House. Uh, and... Uh, uh, towards the end of the, the time period then, there were a series of um, uh, Democrats with uh, the least amount of seniority on the committee who got to finally ask their questions. I could see uh, you get into a House debate to vote on impeachment. There's 435 members. You all get five seconds. Go. The parties will determine who they want to be their main Reps. Okay. Uh, uh, speakers, uh, uh, spokespersons on their behalf. But uh, I would think that each member of the House would be allotted some amount of time. Okay. I just see that as like, oh, this is where I can get my voice heard, you know, for my district or whatever. Well, I, I, I did catch the, the, the end of uh, uh, the committee hearing today, and uh, uh, there was really no questioning of witnesses, uh, rather— um, Especially on the Republican side, because after yesterday, I think the, uh, it uh, came out that uh, um, uh, last week you said you'd bet on impeachment, and this week I think I would as well. Okay. Gordon Sondland um, uh, provided the, the statement, uh, yes, there was a quid pro quo. Uh, the Republicans tried to debate how did you get to that, and uh, he tried to respond on that. But from his perspective, and he was very much running this policy towards Ukraine, of course, he was complaining that Rudy Giuliani was running too much of it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Ambassador Bolton at the National Security Council described uh, Giuliani's activity as some kind of drug deal, uh, quite derogatory towards whatever Mayor Giuliani was up to. Um, uh, but yesterday, uh, Sondland kind of uh, put it out there that he was following the president's direction. Right. And Sondland, of course, is the guy that Trump doesn't know very well. Uh, we can go to the phones here. Eric from Sparta has been waiting patiently. Uh, Eric, go ahead. You're on. Yeah, first of all, I want to say that I was saddened to hear uh, Scott Lebershaw's comment about uh, um, Howard. Howard Glee. He played in a band for me uh, years ago, late 70s and 80s. He was a great guy, a great singer, a great drummer, and I was just flabbergasted when I heard that he passed, and I just I want to give his family sympathies. And uh, 
I think you'll forgive me saying this. Oh, and by the way, tell Mr. Uh, your guest there that... Um, He's listening. You can tell him. The dog and pony show is about to end because Rashida Tlaib says, we're going to beat the MF and that's all this was from the beginning to end, and they will try to impeach him. He'll be in peace, obviously, because the Democrats run the show. In the Senate, it'll be a nothing burger, and he knows it. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Eric. Well, thank you, Eric. I think that there is uh, uh, more debate about what's going to come out of the Senate uh, after uh, Sondland's testimony yesterday. Uh, he uh, indicated that he was taking his directions from the president. Uh, he uh, did say, yes, there was a quid pro quo um, and uh, implicated uh, Secretary of State Pompeo in on this, uh, Vice President Pence, uh, Energy Secretary Perry. Uh, uh, we still might hear from Ambassador Bolton. I, I don't know if the Judiciary Committee would have any more hearings. I think that um, we, uh, from the Democratic uh, members in the House, the people running uh, 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 the House, Speaker Pelosi, Adam Schiff, the chair of the uh, Intelligence Committee, I haven't heard anything out of Gerald Nadler, uh, not that he hasn't been speaking, I just haven't heard it, if, if he is. I think they're ready to go, uh, and uh, yesterday's testimony was quite uh, quite devastating for the president. So th they, there won't be any more testimony, you're thinking? There could be, but likely probably not. I, I think that uh, uh, the, the Democrats don't want to drag this out. Um, uh, I can't imagine that the Republicans want to drag it out. Uh, what we discovered with these hearings was that some pretty significant information uh, came out of this, and uh, who knows what more is left if uh, we're going to find out what the vice president was up to, Secretary of State Pompeo, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, the president of the United States, uh, uh, was it last week or early this week, said he'd like to testify. Uh, Speaker Pelosi said, let's do it. Um, and uh, I think the president has backed away from that because he's going to provide would, a written testimony at some point. Yeah, but, but uh, anything he would do would be. Uh, he likes um, to say things. I don't know if you've you've heard this. He likes to say things and then just not follow through. Well, um, at one point during that's probably, uh, Rick, that's probably a, not a trait that is uh, unique to President Trump. <laughs> he may, uh, in some people's estimation, engage in that behavior more than others. I mean, back when he was a presidential nominee, and and they were he, he remember he offered to debate. Bernie Sanders. I think Hillary had won the ticket and he offered it. It was like, yes, let's do that. That would be great TV, Donald Trump. Well, um, President Trump is a, a, a person who has come out of reality TV now. All right. Main Street guy's been waiting. Main Street guy, you're on with Keith. Go ahead, man. Hey, Rick. Hey, Dr. Keith. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. You know, I have a couple of observations about the testimony, but. I have to say, this is the first time I've seen your image uh, on the Facebook thing. And you're like the rock and roll professor. Well, thank you, Mr. Main Street Guy. You're black with your big hairdo, man. I'm a little jealous of that hairdo. <laughs> well, I'll take that um, today. I don't, get, I don't get much jealousy, so I'll take whatever I can get. <laughs> All right. Um, again, I mean, I asked you last week about uh, the uh, back channels or shadow diplomacy of... Uh, Rudy Giuliani, and you said that you don't know if there's any statute specifically against it, but that it sounded unconstitutional to you. Did you happen to do any more research on that? And oh, I'm sorry I didn't because I've been uh, following the uh, impeachment busy. inquiry as yeah. much as I've been able to, and teach my classes, of course. 
Absolutely, that's a that's got to be I, a, I think, a big I think, workload. I think we did get some so, insight into this uh, through the testimony of the people who presumed they were running um, American foreign policy, um, and the the testimony. I guess, I guess that's my point. When I saw the testimony, uh, uh, Vindman, uh, Sondland, and. Uh, Gosh, I can't remember uh, well, Fiona's had, last name. Fiona right. Hill. The impression I got were that these were uh, these were uh, diplomatic officials. They take their job very seriously, but it seemed to me, instead of evidence against the president, that we mostly had some hard feelings that they weren't running the show. At least that's the impression I got. And when uh, Mr. Sondland said that uh, he asked the president what he wanted from Ukraine. He said nothing, and he seemed to have not put that in his original statement. Yeah, uh, um, uh, uh, we'd have to uh, uh, look at what was that date, um, because, of course, uh, once the whistleblower came out, uh, uh, I think the president became aware of uh, the whistleblower complaint pretty early on, and I don't have all these dates in my mind. It was impressive that the uh, the people testifying must have had charts in front of them to keep all these dates squared away. Um, <laughs> but it does seem to me the impression I took away was uh, once the whistleblower uh, came forward and then it became clear that there would be some investigation into all of this, uh, the president then wanted to make clear that he wanted nothing out of Ukraine. But, of course, in that, that famous July 25th telephone call, he wanted a favor at that time from the president of so Ukraine. The so the testimony from them saying that they wanted that that uh, what ended up being a 55-day pause in funding, um, that uh, that the purpose of that was to check the, the that this new president was serious about fighting corruption in Ukraine. You don't find that to be a credible story? I don't. Um, you know, the Ambassador Ivanovich, who quite dramatically uh, um, testified last Friday, um, she was quite renowned for fighting corruption in Ukraine, and the president called her bad news, uh, said that uh, she was going to be uh, encountering some things or something like that. Um, so if they really had been uh, dedicated to fighting corruption in Ukraine, I think they would have kept that ambassador around because she was doing quite a job at that. Um, and well, so uh, I think... sounds like a... That sounds like she had some other problems, and that's why she was let go. Uh, the person well, who what, testified no, come on, today, what kind of, I cannot what kind of remember her last those? name, uh, Fiona. Fiona she was Hill. The one who she testified today. Did not allow Ukraine to be funded while they were being invaded by Russia. She she was the one who suggested that we not give Ukraine right. any funding for defense. So. I, I don't understand that, the but outrage that's, that's five now years that there was ago. a fifty-five day pause with Ukraine. <laughs> that, that's five years ago. Um, I think we have to look at uh, what was the policy of the Obama administration and what were they trying to do. And, and she testified; uh, she was was interested in uh, reconstructing relations with Russia. Um, and so, I, uh, it, in a lot of these situations, it takes some time to figure out just what is a guy like Vladimir Putin up to, um, and uh, what was the appro- what is the appropriate policy uh, in reaction to something like that. By the time we get to um, uh, last year and then last spring and the summer, 
um, uh, it became pretty clear uh, to the State Department they had an anti-corruption policy, and they were really excited about this guy Zelensky being uh, elected president of Ukraine. Um, uh, uh, from my reading, my uh, uh, listening to that that uh, reading, uh, listening to the transcript of the phone call, reading it, um, uh, uh, it seems to me that President Trump was quite intent on getting what he wanted out of this new president of Ukraine, and that was an investigation into uh, the false narrative of Ukraine uh, messing with our election in 2016 and not Russia. Fiona Hill was quite adamant on that topic today, um, and then trying to get uh, an investigation into uh, Vice President Biden and his son Hunter. And uh, uh, several uh, people who testified said, you know, Hunter Biden working for Burisma, that was a lack of judgment, but that's been investigated and we've not found any corruption, no illegality there. All right. Thanks, Mainstream Guy, for the call. We're going to have to hit Scott's comment, which I believe is Dick Records' comment. Uh, Eric from Sparta alluded to it a little bit ago. And uh, then we're going to hit the news. We'll be back after this on Wisdom. What do you want from Ukraine? What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories. What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories. What do you want? What do you want? So he's going, what do you want? What do you want? I hear all these theories. What do you want, right? He asked me the question, what do you want? I keep hearing all these things. What do you want? They said he was not in a good mood. I'm always in a good mood. I don't know what that is. I want nothing. That's what I want from Ukraine. That's what I said. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. So here's my answer. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. I want nothing. This is the final word from the President of the United States. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. The final word right there. 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center talking text line. That was Donald Trump. Uh, he gets... I think during Sondland's testimony, he he came out to uh, to have that inter- interview. Uh, I think they told it they you know pull the jet around or the helicopter around because I'm going to do a press conference. I think that's how that works, right? He's always doing press conferences in front of something that flies. Well, those aren't press conferences. That's oh, when okay. uh, the president just talks to the media. Maybe they can shout a question out. Um, uh, past presidents in the modern age have done formal uh, press conferences, I think in the East Room of the White House, but uh, President Trump has not done um, uh, very much of that. He hasn't done it uh, recently, if he did it at all, at the start of his presidency. Well, and he also has a press secretary that's done exactly one press conference or something like that, and then since uh, the Sarah, current, Sarah, the Han- one, oh, yeah, that, since that, Sarah Sanders about, uh, resigned. Right. Uh, Stephanie Grisham, I think is her name. Um, yeah, she. There, there's not. Look, the Trump uh, political messaging is not done in the traditional way. Right. President Trump tweets. Um, uh, so, uh, the 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 traditional press conference. The, the ability to take, ask him questions and have like a back and forth. Right. That that's not this president's uh, way of doing things. Yeah, we just put a jet out there. We should do. Maybe we could bring a jet in here. Like I'm just, afraid of them, uh, uh, Rick. Oh, okay. it's too, they're too loud. Okay, I could just play the yeah. So the sound, I sh- we can't play just play just the sound in the background. Sound. Just a little. Just bit. play it down. Um, there were a couple of text messages, and they're kind of 
kind of hitting on a couple different subjects. Uh, Fred texted in the Horowitz report is coming out in early December. Are you willing, Keith, to accept the findings if it is bad news for the Obama administration and the deep state? I I wonder if this is the uh, if if this uh, texture, this message is about the um, inquiry that Attorney General Barr uh, is doing into um, the inquiry into the Russia investigation of President Trump. Um, uh, you know, there have been two internal investigations into this, so I am leery of what uh, William Barr is up to. Uh, but uh, the um, U.S. attorney who's uh, in charge of the investigation has a very solid reputation. So if, if it's about this Justice Department report coming out, um, uh, I'll be very interested to see what that has to say. Well, and the, and the stories today are... Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham said the said Michael Horowitz, the Justice Department watchdog, will release his report on December 9th and testify before his committee December 11th. Okay, so a Justice Department watchdog is different from from what I was talking about the, yep. the instigation of, of William Barr and and uh, getting a U.S. attorney to investigate. So there are two investigations coming up, and we'll all be looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones here. Uh, I think Island Pete is. Waiting. Pete, you're on. Go ahead, man. Hi. How's it going tonight, fellas? Good. Hi, Pete. Say, uh, you know, uh, from my observation, I uh, uh, went ahead and listened to uh, Mr. Sandlin or Sondlin or whatever his name is. And uh, at the end of his uh, 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 interrogation or his uh, statements, he, he kept saying it was a presumption. Uh, he presumed. Uh, in order to go ahead and, and factually admit to uh, uh, saying that the president had a quid pro quo, he'd have to say, well, the president told me it was a quid pro quo. The president told me. He came out and said, but he didn't say that. He said he presumed that. And when you presume something, uh, it's really not evidence. It's uh, your opinion, which uh, I wouldn't really count on silent too much. As far as Fiona Hill goes, and this is just my opinion, but it seems to me that these administrative agencies like the NSC and the State Department, uh, the president sets foreign policy. It doesn't matter who the president is. When the president comes into office, he sets the foreign policy. So if it goes into domestic issues or if it goes into uh, the issues that they were dealing with before, absolutely no bearing because now everything changed and the president sets foreign policy. So uh, they can gripe all that they want to. But it's just like Vendland. He was thoroughly upset and arrogant over the fact that he set foreign policy, he set the uh, agenda, and he went ahead and and controlled everything, when in reality, he doesn't control anything, because he admittedly uh, uh, stated at the end of his uh, uh, testimony that the president sets foreign policy. So it just seems to me that these people in administrative agencies are a little bit over the line when it comes to who's running the show. What do you think? Well, I think President Trump came into office, uh, uh, I'm going to be pretty blunt, remarkably ignorant about American foreign policy. Um, And then he had the stain of, um, uh, during the campaign, accepting uh, meetings with uh, Russian uh, representatives. uh, uh, Well, he never met with anybody. 
Who did he meet with? Name one Russian representative that he met with. Robert Mueller gave us, I think, 100 meetings of Trump campaign personnel with Russian. uh, uh, Trump didn't meet with anybody, and that's why the Mueller report failed. uh, Pete, come on now. This is a a large government. We are a great superpower nation. Um, And uh, no, no, if I may speak now, uh, we've waited uh, through, through, you had to say, and uh, appreciate your, your uh, your view, but um, no president is going to be able to run the entire foreign policy. And so, especially President Trump, a businessman who had no uh, prior experience, except doing maybe perhaps business overseas. Um, so then it would become very important for uh, the National Security Council, the State Department, and this vast government bureaucracy uh, to help guide him in what should be our foreign policy. And uh, we uh, had been a little slow uh, coming up to uh, uh, help Ukraine. But I just heard today, what, uh, 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 in the testimony, uh, since 2014, $3 billion in aid. Um, And uh, so we've uh, kind of put a, a, a... uh, our flag in the ground, not really, in the Ukraine, but uh, uh, against the encroachment of Russia. And one element of our foreign policy is we want to protect ourselves against Russia, who, which is trying to divide our alliances, uh, influence our democratic elections. And uh, President Trump might have been well advised from taking uh, in taking more advice from these um, uh, permanent bureaucrats in our governing apparatus. Uh, previous presidents have done that, um, and uh, the people who are working there are accustomed to the, the bureaucratic give and take. But to be undercut by the president's personal lawyer, and then what we learned, the president's personal aspiration of having a, uh, an investigation of a political opponent, that's not the way our foreign policy should be conducted. All right. Thanks for the call, Pete. We're going to go right back to the phones. Jack is holding. Jack, go ahead. You're on the air. I believe it's Jack. Hey, uh, yeah, I, I've been listening to you, I guess. And uh, did that whole dirty dossier with Hillary Clinton and that, I mean, that actually went on, right? Uh, the Steele dossier, uh, we, uh, a month or so ago, Rick looked it up, and it was uh, initially commissioned by the Washington Examiner or something like that, Rick, uh, a very conservative uh, uh, newspaper, and... Uh, uh, Michael Steele is a respected British diplomat. Uh, my study is British yeah, well, politics. I've read about was, him in Britain. That was the Steele dossier um, that it, they used to try to prove the Russian collusion they were trying so hard to prove? I think our intelligence agencies have investigated that, and there's a lot of information there that none of us are ever really going to get our hands on. And uh, uh, if we're going to run our system the way we do, we're going to be trustful of our intelligence agencies. And unanimously, they have concluded that it was Russia which influenced our 2016 election. President Trump, want, DNC, Trump, President Trump mean, wanted it to be Ukraine. The dossier, more or less, is what I kind of understood. Um, you know, that dossier was put together. It was uh, in a, 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 this guy Steele. Uh, uh, tried to find out information on Donald Trump in Russia, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, I don't think it really influenced our election, um, at least not, well, not from I mean, my it perspective. It was just on Trump is what yeah. they, the, the Democrats are trying to dig up. And then, I mean, on top of that, I mean, you got the Hunter Joe Biden situation over there where, you know, he was the vice president, and they put uh, Hunter into this, you know, made-up job. So, I mean, because his dad was the vice president of the country, and so he gets this lucrative job through uh, that energy company. And I guess, you know, I've been kind of watching, like, uh, 
both channels, you know, or all the channels, actually, Fox and uh, MSNBC, just, just listening to what everybody has to say. And I've never, I've never known these politicians to be as polarized as they are toward one another. But on the same token, I mean, you know, Trump may have, uh, you know, Trump's a disruptor. I, I fully agree with that. He's not a politician. He's not a, a polished politician by any means. But, I mean, I agree that he probably, I, I, I'm sure he was doing the quick pro quo thing or whatever, and I didn't vote for him, but on the same token, I mean, he was trying to dig up a little dirt on, on Joe Biden, which I actually feel is pretty understandable because, I mean, after the way they have tried to dig up him and tried to impeach him and smear him since he's gotten into office is just ridiculous. And And like I said, I didn't vote for the guy, but I, I understand to the letter of the law what he did was probably not proper. But I'll be damned. I'm going to vote for him this time around. So well, it is what it is. So he's 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 one one voter there. Uh, uh, I think it was Pete. Jack. But, but Jack. Jack. Okay, Jack. Look. Um, uh, uh, President Trump was trying to get dirt on his political opponent by using um, uh, the office of the President of the United States, uh, holding up this meeting with uh, the President of Ukraine, uh, holding back military aid, uh, the, and the people who testified this week um, uh, acknowledged this is what's going on. Uh, even uh, certain phone calls were overheard uh, dealing with this. So uh, digging up dirt on political opponents, it's as old as there has been democratic politics, undoubtedly. Should we tolerate the president of the United States using his office to dig up this dirt and holding back uh, money appropriated by the Congress of the United States to help an ally against a country which is considered to be uh, contrary to our national interest. That's where we uh, enter the realm of transgressing our constitutional bounds. All right, we're going to take a one-minute break. We'll be back. Answer your calls, read your texts after this on Wisdom. More of your calls are coming up. Join the conversation with a Better Hearing Center talk and text line. 785-7914. Lacrosse Talk PM continues after this. There's a memory at Fanati's. There's a magic at Fanati's. Fanati's Nut and Chocolate Shop has magic for every day of the holidays, like the magic found in Holly Jolly Jingle Mix, malted reindeer noses, spectacular roasted nuts. We even have ooey-gooey lumps of coal. Come taste the magic at Fanati's on Main Street, downtown La Crosse. One, two, three, uh. All right, welcome back to La Crosse Talk PM. Not a lot of time yet. People want, people have questions. We've got a professional political scientist in here so i'm going to try to get your phone calls right away uh number three's been waiting patiently number three you're on with keith go ahead yeah i was wondering if keith could find anything good about mr trump well we we went through that a while ago uh that uh criminal justice law that uh uh he signed uh uh rick and i agreed uh, about a month ago that was uh that was a very positive development for a lot of people. So he's I also thought... he's really good at talking in front of jet engines too and helicopters. <laughs> he's really good at that. All right, uh, I think this is Ron. Ron, go ahead. You're on. Yes. Hi, um, Keith. I just I guess I'd say I feel fortunate that not everybody cares to comply with yours or any established notion of how American foreign policy should be conducted. A new president comes along, wants to try a new idea. It's entirely his constitutional prerogative, especially if the old stuff hasn't been working. 
Well, we still are the greatest power on the planet, uh, the wealthiest society. Um, you know, President Trump by the summer was not new. He's in his third year, um, and he began this, uh, I'm going to just call it quickly shenanigans, the day after the Mueller report came out. Um, President Trump seems to have a particular view on how he's going to be operating, and I would say that uh, on occasion it crosses the line of what is lawful. Uh, Main Street guys back. Main Street, go ahead. Yeah, uh, you were speaking about uh, uh, Trump's uh, foreign policy naivete or being a novice, and I, I think that that might be true. However, when I look at the past administration, such incredible things happening, like an extremely destructive Arab Spring and, uh, you know, a third of Ukraine being taken over by Russia. Not quite a third, and, caller, yeah. but uh, a portion of it. And Crimea well, stolen it's, by Russia. It's pretty... It's yeah. pretty close to a third. For sure. So I, I, I just, and I see a lot of uh, State Department people and intelligence people who who are very upset that their area has been uh, infringed upon, and yet they didn't seem to be doing such a bang-up job. I, yeah, I, I think, well, I, so, I don't so know can, if he's a novice or not, but I think maybe yeah. uh, we need to try something different. Well, okay. Um, Sure. Something different is good. Hopefully it's informed and it abides by the law. All right. Thanks for your call. Uh, Hank texted in. Why do people keep bringing up what other people have done in defense of Trump by that logic? Just because OJ got away with murder, it would be okay if I killed too. (laughs) All right. uh, Don't uh, recommend it. For sure. Um, uh, President Trump's foreign policy, uh, because uh, his campaign did uh, get influenced by Russia, uh, and he's lauded uh, uh, Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un and uh, uh, other uh, strong-armed, uh, let's call them dictators. Um, that's not been our tradition. And, and if we're going to change our foreign policy, I don't think we want to cozy up to those kinds of people. I think we want to retain relations with our fellow democracies on this planet, uh, many of them in Western Europe. Um, and President Trump hasn't uh, been especially successful in cultivating our relationships with Europe. All right, last call we're going to get for the day, I believe. Uh, real quick, you're you're on the air. Who is this? Uh, you can just call me Reverend John. Okay, go ahead. You're on with Keith. Uh, Dr. Keith, I just wanted to say I appreciate you and your service to this community. Uh, you are definitely a treasure, sir. Well, thank, uh, thank I was you. listening to people uh, talking and, and, and kind of uh, running you through the ringer last week, and People chiming in with their opinions uh, uh, to me was basically like me calling into a car show and trying to offer my opinions about cars and argue with the mechanics. So, uh, again, I just wanted to say you were a treasure, and I thank you very much. Thank sir. you. Hey, Reverend, um, I, I had a flat tire last night. I wish you were around to help me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can talk to people. I can't really change tires. But okay. um, uh, one more quick thing. Uh, I have to say that one of the great pre- pleasures of my life was this morning listening to uh, Dr. Hill's testimony and especially uh, Jim Jordan trying to uh, shake her. Uh, this is a woman who is routinely used to being in a room with two of the most dangerous men on the planet, being Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. And uh, this was not her first rodeo. And I, I absolutely just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to know, uh, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought Fiona Hill um, uh, was quite impressive. As a matter of fact, Vindman, uh, the Ukrainian-born uh, uh, military officer from the, the security uh, uh, council, um, uh, uh, he was uh, very impressive. And, and one of the things we saw 
uh, are immigrant uh, citizens making uh, uh, incredibly valuable contributions to our foreign policy apparatus, and I'm sure all around this country. Uh, that could get us into another uh, talk show about uh, President Trump's immigration policy. All right, that is all the time we're going to have for for this. Uh, what do you want to call it? This. What did he call it? You were just taken. You were getting bashed last week, and this is fun, Rick. We're having a good old time. <laughs> yeah, um, Thanksgiving next week, so I'm not going to make you come in next Thursday, but we'll we'll have to get you back in when we come back. I from, look forward uh, to it. Thank uh, you, thank you, callers. All right, thanks, you guys. We'll be back here tomorrow with just me.